It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the first edition of Locked On Dolphins in the year 2021. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Managing Editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, Director of Scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and really excited to roll into my second year on the calendar of being your host here on Locked On Dolphins. And listen, I took this podcast over at the end of February, and what we have seen transpire over the course of the 11 months since has been nothing short of thrilling if you are a fan of the Miami Dolphins. And I'm excited to to kind of wrap up the 2020 regular season uh, with today's show, looking at the matchup with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we have some news to tackle as far as player availability to uh, that's going to impact the Dolphins uh, this Sunday against the Bills. The weather is going to be a really good trial for the Dolphins as well. So lots of angles here. Regardless of how the Buffalo Bills choose to handle Week 17 from a personnel perspective, uh, that's going to make it a really interesting game for Miami and a really telling game for where this team is from a maturity standpoint and how well, uh, where we should set our expectations for the 2021 regular season. So, first and foremost, uh, news came out yesterday that Dolphins quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was responsible for the Fitz miracle at the end of the game, Last Saturday night, uh, he's tested positive for COVID-19. He is not available to play on Sunday against the Bills. And first and foremost, I want to express absolute best wishes to Ryan Fitzpatrick, his family, his loved ones. Hope anyone who has been around Ryan and may also come into contact with COVID-19. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody is healthy and everybody recovers quickly. That's the most important thing here. Um, as far as it pertains to the Dolphins, uh, I do think it, it, this is much more of a story than what it would be if Fitzpatrick was any other backup, right? And it wasn't the dynamics that we've seen at play with the Dolphins and Fitzpatrick and using him in almost kind of a relief pitcher closers type role, which is the analogy that's been made over the course of the past week. And, but, but if we're being honest, like generally speaking Tua Tungvalu is still the quarterback of this football team. So I know that there is some reaction that you know the Dolphins may have their game plan negatively impacted by the development of Fitzpatrick having COVID-19. But Tua Tungvaloa is the starting quarterback. Tua Tungvaloa has thrown 232 pass attempts this season. He's been the starting quarterback for more games, eight, than Ryan Fitzpatrick has, seven. So it really shouldn't change your game plan. It's just going to remove that quote-unquote spark if you need a spark. And I don't know if we're going to necessarily need a spark. I I do think uh, Fitzpatrick's experience on the sideline would have been extremely valuable to Tua in this game. 
That's not something that the Dolphins are going to have the luxury of having. It is what it is. Okay, we're going to have to evolve and adjust accordingly to make sure Tua Tungvalo has the information he needs on the sidelines to get the job done on Sunday. And that may be where you see the change because if we can't kind of dip our toe into the strengths and weaknesses of the concepts that Ryan Fitzpatrick is good at, that Tua Tungvalo may not be as proficient at, Let's not run those concepts, okay? And I know that's a area of concern for Dolphins fans of, oh, well, why are we calling two different offenses? You, you run the plays your quarterback can run at a really high level. And for the Dolphins, that should mean more no huddle. That should mean more tempo. That should mean uh, more, I I'm, I'm want to still keep it in 12 personnel, but let's space the field. Let's go empty and tempo, and let's cook a little bit. That should be the approach. But as we've been working our way through this New Year's Day, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, Brian Flores met with the South Florida media this afternoon. Four players questionable for this football game. Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Shaq Lawson, and Solomon Kinley. All questionable as per Brian Flores during his press availability. So this is not just Fitz is not going to be in the picture. Not that, you know, ideally if the game plan goes according to plan, Fitz wouldn't have been in the picture anyway. But that influence on the sideline is something to note. And if you can't get that feedback to Tua, maybe we change what the offense looks like. My predictions on these four. Jakeen Grant will not play is my prediction and read on that situation. It's been reported he would miss this week's game already. I don't think that would change necessarily. I do think Shaq Lawson plays. Uh, This is a must-win game for the Dolphins. Shaq Lawson playing against his former team. I think Shaq finds a way to suit it up. He's a tough dude. He's been playing through some shoulder stuff for a lot of this season. Uh, So my expectation, Shaq Lawson will play. Solomon Kinley. I think the Dolphins feel comfortable with their depth there, that they will not press him into action unless he feels really good to go. Uh, I don't think we'll see him. But that's a coin toss. And if Devontae Parker doesn't play, oh, man, if Devontae Parker does not play on Sunday against the Bills with a hamstring sprain that he was reportedly on the verge of playing two weeks ago with, Devontae's got to play. He's got to. Even if he's not 100%, even if he's not somebody who's going to command a high volume of the offense, His presence out there helps the Dolphins so much because he's capable of winning those volume throws at any stretch of a game. So I think you'll see Parker and Lawson play. I think Jakeem and Kinley will be out. I have no inside information on that. That is simply speculation. The other thing that stands out about to me about this game before we get into building the game plan and what we will do differently this time versus what we did last time against Buffalo, regardless of what, again, regardless of what Buffalo is going to do from a personnel perspective, the weather is going to be tough for the Dolphins. Uh, the forecast calls for a high on Sunday of 37 degrees. The forecast also calls for a 70% chance of wintry mixed precipitation, up to one inch of snow. Snow, the Dolphins, Week 17, must-win game, 10-5, and five, playing in the snow. 
Not great. Now, but here's the thing. Uh, the Dolphins, they have one of the natural home field advantages, one of the greatest natural home field advantages in all of football, in playing in South Florida. And in the first half of seasons, when teams got to come down south and play the Dolphins in Miami, and it's a 1 o'clock kickoff, and the canopy at Hard Rock Stadium's engineered so that the last thing to leave the sun in the field is the opposing sideline, we, we can't really gripe about a poor weather situation because the Dolphins have had more than their fair share of advantageous home field advantages. But as a team that is now aspiring to be a playoff contender year in and year out, this team needs to learn how to play in the cold at a consistent rate. You got to be tough because when it's 30 degrees and wet, those hits feel different. It's a much different feel to a game when it's cold, especially when you're not used to the cold. And that is a big advantage that Buffalo, even if they have their backups in the game, is going to have. I do think this team is mentally tough. This team did go up week 17 last year and win in Foxborough. So it's not impossible. But the snow dynamic, the, the wintry mix dynamic, is something that could be a cause for concern. Now, here's the good news. If it has to take the ball out of the the air out of the ball, it hurts the Bills with Josh Allen more than it hurts the Dolphins. Because the Bills like to push the ball. They like to really let it rip. They've got shorter concepts at their disposal, but they like to they 10 and 11 personnel really stretch the field. They like to push it vertically, Josh Allen big arm, etc. The Dolphins, more RPO-type concepts, so they can make the decision to give. And if they really crowd the Bills, really crowd the box, then you can pull and just pop it, and it's all within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. So it's not going to have as much of an influence. But Tua's got to be able to throw the ball. Tua's from Hawaii, played at Alabama. Have you ever played in the snow before? My hunch is no. I don't know the answer for sure. But that is a variable. Uh, that the Dolphins are going to have to acclimate to when you get to game day. And the unfortunate reality is unless the Dolphins decide they're going to be 13-3 and every year, which is not out of the realm of possibility for the next several years, but unless you're going to choose to be a 12- or 13-win football team every single year, you're going to have to learn how to play in cold weather in January and potentially play in the snow. So this is a really valuable game experience for the Dolphins and their young quarterback to have to face these in a high-pressure situation. Let's see what you got. I'm excited to see how the Dolphins respond to that challenge as a team from South Florida who's got to play in sub-40-degree temperatures and precipitation. How do we beat the Buffalo Bills? Uh, first and foremost, we, we hope Sean McDermott is paying attention to what is happening in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. Because every day that goes by, it seems like the Steelers are adding more and more players from their starting lineup who will not be participating in this football game in Week 17 against the Cleveland Browns. That hurts the Dolphins, because if the Browns win, that's a little bit more pressure on the Dolphins to take care of business. But the Bills are the, the only team the Bills are concerned with this week with all due respect to Miami as a 10-win football team, the Bills have no leverage to win or lose the football game. The only leverage that they have is staying ahead 
of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if the Bills notice that the Steelers don't care about the three seed, they're not going to chase the, the, the two seed, they're not going to chase the two seed, okay, Buffalo, it stinks. You're the two seed, and in every other year that there's been a 16 playoff with a wild card round, the two seed has gotten a bye. They don't this year. That stinks. Expectation. They keep their players going through the weekly routine. They maybe play a quarter. They maybe maybe play a couple possessions, and then the Bills call the dogs. That's a big help for the Dolphins to make sure that they take care of business and win the football game. I'm not at that point as a fan, personally, and you can feel differently, that I'm going to turn my nose up at beating the Bills' backups. I don't care how they get wins. As long Winning feels good. Making the playoffs feels good. Making the playoffs and going to either Tennessee or Indianapolis, which is, those are the two destinations that Miami uh, is facing, potentially playing. That is valuable, just as this playoff environment in Buffalo in cold weather and precipitation is valuable to the Dolphins to have experience and understand how you have to prepare to play that football game on Sunday. Preparing for an additional game, a playoff game, being in that environment, it all matters. So if that means that the Bills call off the dogs and that's how the Dolphins get there, more power to you, Buffalo. As I said on yesterday's pod, the Buffalo Bills are the real deal. The defense has gotten better throughout the course of the season. Josh Allen is playing at a very high level, and they've got really good receivers for him to throw to. If you have to take the air out of the ball with the weather, I do think the Bills will struggle to run the football against the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins' defense is really good there. I think this time around, we're going to take Xavier Howard, we're going to put him on Stephon Diggs. We didn't do that last year. Earlier in the season, I advocated for Byron Jones to be the guy that mirrored Stephon Diggs. Byron Jones goes down. They put Noah Igbenogany on Stephon Diggs. How'd that work out for us? Not great, right? But the big difference, the big deviation, is we now have a full season sample size of Xavier Howard staying healthy and playing at a high level. Remember, week two, he was coming on. He was on a pitch count week one against the Patriots. And he was coming off knee surgery in which he was not participating in the build up to the start of the season. We didn't know what Xavier Howard was going to look like this year. We know now we got a depoy guy on our hands. So stick him on Stephon Diggs. And let's hope it does snow a little bit. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Let's hope. Because if we get that situation, you can really crowd the box. And I think for however long the Buffalo starters are in, whether it's a quarter a possession, the full game, a half. I think that they can force the Bills to be one-dimensional and the weather and the climate helps further aid the strength of the Dolphins in coverage and forces the Bills to try to do something which they have not been able to do with a lot of success, which is run the football. Defensively, that's kind of where I'm dialed in. Thought it was interesting hearing Joe... Uh, talk yesterday about how you craft the game plan uh, to get Josh Allen out of his game. You overload blitz him from his backside, and you spy him to the the play side. Now, of course, the challenge there, and this killed the Dolphins the first time around, is if you're committing that kind of manpower, what does your middle-of-the-field coverage look like? Do you have guys that can drop and play crossers? That is what I'm most excited to see what looks different this time around 
versus what it looked like the first time around when these two teams played each other is the Dolphins really had to kind of get their bearings around them as far as what they had from a personnel perspective and everybody getting on the same page. We're on the same page now. The Dolphins over, you know, after the one and three start, they're nine and two in their last 11 football games, and they're allowing less than 17 points per game over that stretch. And that includes two games against Arizona and Kansas City in which they gave up 31 and 33 points, respectively. This is a different defense than the one the Buffalo Bills ran into. And for the Dolphins, you know, if we do get Josh Allen, and we get a large sample size of Josh Allen, and the Dolphins' defense performs well, I would say to the same degree in which they performed well against the Kansas City Chiefs, if they play the way against Josh Allen that they did against the Kansas City Chiefs, with all due respect, the Bills are not going to score 33 points. And the reason being is Kansas City got a safety. Kansas City got a punt return for a touchdown. So you really dial it back. Kansas City scored 24 points. If you told me we can hold Buffalo to 21-24 points, and it might even be less than that, you feel really good about it. And you would feel, as a fan of this team, That if you can go to Buffalo week 17 having to win with the Bills having some interest in securing the two seed, if Josh Allen played the game and you held the team to 21-24 points, you could feel legitimately like you could go anywhere, anytime, and defensively play a game that is going to give you a chance to win the football game. And how exciting is that? legitimate possibility to win a playoff game. Not just a playoff game, but if you do that to Buffalo, in Buffalo, in those conditions, you could play with anybody anywhere. So let's lock horns. No, for however long we see the Bill starters versus the Dolphins starters, that is the ultimate litmus test of what our expectations should look like for whatever comes afterwards. Whether it's week one, 2021, or the wild card round next week. Thank God we don't have to wait that much longer to find out what is going to happen. We're not built for playoff races here in Miami. We're not used to them. They're high-stress situations. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play this football game. I hope you guys are too. Offensively, if Devontae Parker plays, man, I'm trying to put him in motion. I'm gonna dare the I'm gonna dare the Bills to have Trey White shadow him all over the field. And if he does, you know what I want to do? I want to run a lot of in-breaking routes, whether that's drive or mesh, these concepts over the middle of the field where Tua seems to see it best. And I want to short motion him, much like what the Dolphins did with the Raiders with Mike Isecki when they went empty and they motioned, or they, they went three by one. And Fitzpatrick called Gasecki in motion and he came across the set and he ran that little shallow cross. And Fitz hit him in stride. And, par- and Gasecki went another 10, 15 yards down the field. I want to run those types of concepts that run away from leverage. And if the Bills are going to zone you up, okay. Then we can start to attack Mike, who had a lot of success the first time these two teams played each other. It was season high in receiving yards. If they're going to zone you up over the middle of the field, then yeah, I'm going to go up the seam. But if I'm working underneath, 
I want my best freaking receiver, Devontae Parker, running that shallow under. Because how many times have we had it thrown to, to Jakeem Grant and he just does not catch that football? So I'm working games high to low in the middle of the field. If it's cold weather, Tua doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. You don't want to be throwing outside the numbers anyway to the sideline, especially the open side of the field. That ball's going to take a while to get there. Wind and snow might have an impact on it, might have some inaccuracies that you typically wouldn't otherwise. Attack the middle of the field. Now, if Solomon Kinley plays, this is going to be a hot take. If Solomon Kinley plays, I would want to run the football more than I would pass the ball in the game. Jesse Davis has played admirably well at right guard. It's as well as he has played at any offensive line position all season long. Left tackle, right tackle, right guard, whatever. Jesse's played his best football this season at right guard. But he doesn't have the pop that Solomon does. And with Robert Hunt playing the way that he is, I want, I want, the, I want the Bills to stick out Ed Oliver's ass in the B-gap between Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt. And I want that matchup because I'm going to run right at Ed. We talked about Aaron Donald and Quinnen Williams and all these guys and it's just run away from him, but don't pull from the backside if you're going to run away from him because he's going to fall right back in line. Same thing applies, but I'm double-teaming Ed in the run game and I'm running at him. Ed is on the smaller side for interior defensive lineman. I want to challenge him physically. I want to see if he's up to the task. I'll punch him in the mouth. I want to bring 660 pounds of offensive lineman his way every single time and climb to the Mike linebacker. And if that means you run split zone and the tight end is chopping down the defensive end on the backside uh, to the cut, if that means you want to run counter, counter lead, dress Chandler Cox for this game, try and smash, go ahead. But I want to create that tidal wave and wash on the right side and hope that they put Ed there. Dolphins running game has been better. It's not been great. It's not been amazing. It's not like, hold on to your hats. We're going to go for 250 yards like we did in 2016 when J.H.I. romped all over them. Or like they did a couple weeks ago when they played the Patriots. Wouldn't expect or set that expectation. But I do think Miami can run the ball a little bit. They got their backs healthy. So I want to work the middle of the field with Devontae and Mike, both. I want to run the football. I want to run it. If Solomon Kinley plays, I'm looking to run it behind him and Robert Hunt. Sprinkling the RPOs. Sprinkling the rollouts with that flood concept. Get levels. I want, to, I want two of throwing to levels. And all of his reads is progressions. That's why I like the rollouts that they do, right? If they do the, the, the play-action boot rollout, the tight end leaks into the flat, the backside tight end is kind of running the over route, you've got a one to two read progression that is all in Tua's line of sight as he's rolling out to throw on the move. And that should set him up for success to be able to make good decisions. You know, that's why that was one of the early staples of the Dolphins offense with Tua was that boot rollout with that kind of flood three levels. And whoever's the receiver to the side he's rolling to is either running a go or a deep comeback. 
and that's later in the progression. So that's kind of where I would set some key points to win the game. What's my prediction? I think the Bills play the first two series on either side of the football, the starters are in, and then I think they're out. And uh, I think the Dolphins do find some success running the football. I think the Dolphins' defense, uh, without Josh Allen to have to worry about for the vast majority of the game, if Buffalo wants to win, hope they score 14 points in the first two possessions if that's when they're going to play, and I don't think that'll be the case. Give me the Dolphins in this game against a vast majority of the game, Bills B team, JVs, give me the Dolphins to win this game 20 to 10. Final score, Dolphins 11 and 5, Dolphins advance the playoffs. What a great way to roll into a new year. We, we shall see. Hit subscribe. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the aftermath, the end of the regular season for the 2020 Miami Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in all off-season long, or all playoffs long here on Locked On Dolphins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off-season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.